0: Hey, this is Daryl. We have a fast-paced show for you today with news you might have missed or we might have missed over the past couple of weeks. There are 14 news items in today's show every one of them worth listening to. Today's episode of Total Stock Show is brought to you by Robinhood. With Robinhood, you can invest in stocks, options and ETFs right from your phone. You can even spend and earn interest on uninvested cash. And with fractional shares, you can buy stocks in any amount, including companies like Apple, Amazon and Tesla for as little as $1. There's no commission fees, no account minimums. So whether you're new to investing and ready to learn or just looking for a better experience, stop waiting, join the 10 million Robinhood users. Listeners can get started with a free stock by going to totalsucker.robinhood.com. That's totalsucker.robinhood.com. But know this, All investments involve risk. This is not investment advice. It's not a recommendation. It's not a solicitation of any security. Other fees may apply. Visit rbnhd.co slash fees. The free stock program is subject to certain limitations. Annual percentage yield on uninvested cash is paid by program banks and is variable. And I'm pretty sure we've made this clear. But just to be extra clear, Robinhood Financial is not a bank. Welcome to the Total Soccer Show. My name is Daryl Grove and I'm joined by a man who thought maybe Wolves might do it. His name is Taylor Rockwell. Hello. Hello,
1: my friend. I did indeed. I was wrong.
0: We we delayed recording Mm -hmm. because we thought, okay, this Wolves team is very counter-attacky. They're at home. Maybe they're the team that can upset Liverpool, give Liverpool either their first defeat of the season or at least their second draw mm-hmm. of the season. And even with Andy Robertson having a rough night and Wolves looking very counter the best they could do was a 2-1 loss at home and it seemed like that was a creditable result.
1: It, it really did and I was thinking the other element there for me was coming off of the, the sort of emotional win over Manchester United their players looked very tired and like the 70th minute onwards did Liverpool's so I was thinking maybe they're just not going to be able to raise their game quite enough for that one it feels like the title is there so maybe yeah. they take their foot off the gas.
0: And Traore got faster as the game went on. <laughs>
1: that did happen <laughs> uh, and then there was like a 10 minute period where I thought maybe this is like uh, Wolves equalized and I thought maybe maybe they're going to do this, maybe it's going to be crazy, and then no. Instead, it just and went the way no. it does.
0: I think this is like the greatest trick Liverpool have ever pulled, mm-hmm. or at least it's testament to how great they are this season. Yeah, that this felt like to me as a Wolves fan felt like a great Wolves performance. Mm-hmm. And yeah, as I said, two one loss at home. Yeah, I mean, is the it, best you, the best you can get for your money.
1: As I said yesterday, if they continue this run and they remain unbeaten in the league, I think they're the best team of all time. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, at least so, the, the best English team of all time.
0: So we keep going forward. And oh, so that far,
1: that physically hurts me to say
0: only two points dropped. Yep. Um, all right. So we won't be talking much more Wolves Liverpool no. today because we are going to talk news you might have missed. So we've been in Baltimore at the convention. We've been talking about all kinds of like January transfers, mm-hmm. this and that. But all kinds of other news has been happening. Um, and we want to make sure yeah. to catch everything. Have a quick chat about everything. So today's episode is going to be a bulletin of the news you might have missed over the last couple of weeks.
1: I would amend it to you, news you might have missed slash news we haven't yet talked about. That's true, yeah. Because <laughs> there's some news in here that I'm pretty sure no one missed, but we're going to talk about it anyway.
0: Okay, it's a catch-all. Yeah, it's exactly. A catch-all. I'm exactly. going to invite you to go first because I think you've got the juiciest one.
1: I think I probably do. Uh, I doubt many people have missed that Chicharito has officially moved to Major League Soccer. Will be playing yep. for the LA Galaxy next season. Uh, we're going to maybe talk a little bit later on about the the video that emerged. I believe. Yesterday evening of yeah. him saying, oh, I don't want to move to Major League Soccer. It's a retirement league and it's garbage. Not That's what he said at all. not what he said, is not it? Not what That's he said at all. what he said. I'm annoyed by that narrative. But first, we should get into some of the specifics. Uh, yeah, he is moving from Sevilla for a fee of around $9.4 million, which is the amount that Sevilla paid to West Ham earlier this summer. Okay, so uh, just
0: recouping their, recurring their cash.
1: Basically, yeah. And if you wanted to get more into like, the nitty-gritty of how the move happened and some of the sticking points, uh, Sam, Sam Stichko for The Athletic had a good piece where he clearly had a lot of access to LA Galaxy executives yeah, yeah, yeah. to sort of hear how it all came to be and how it all went down. So I would I would definitely advise reading that one. But yeah, Chicharito, three-year deal with an option for a fourth, $6 million base salary, but will probably make, make, make more with incentives and appearances and all that sort of thing.
0: So my instant reaction mm-hmm. is... The LA Galaxy going to be amazed at having a striker who moves around. I think you're not wrong. I think <laughs> you're not wrong. And that seems to have been... A lot of the
1: narrative has, like, well, Chicharito's not Zlatan. He's an amazing player, but he's not at that level. They're
0: talking about name recognition,
1: right? Sorry, are- no, because they're, then they're like, hey, you know, his 50 goals, he's taken those 50 goals with him. How are the Galaxy going to replicate that? And to me... I think they might... take
0: them. They're in the previous season. <laughs> no one needs those goals in 2020.
1: But I also think Chicharito may... is going to be a much more dynamic player for them. Yeah. He's going to move around a lot more. I think it's going to be an upgrade, even if not from a like celebrity, appearing yeah. on talk shows sort of standpoint. Mm-hmm. I think Chicharito... I mean, they've already announced that at this point they've sold more season tickets than they did when they announced LATAN. Yeah. I think for that reason, from a marketing standpoint, it's going to be massive for them. And a point that was made by a couple different people. Hercules Gomez was the one that I think made it most succinctly, that... Galaxy are losing ground in LA and this is a massive move for them to sort of Because of erosion? Exactly. Coast, not at all not at, all? not at all LAFC. Not at all LAFC, <laughs> LAFC. and I think this is a, a huge, a huge move for them to be able to say like we're still competing at that level. Yeah. It's not just LAFC's town and then we're here too.
0: It's also if you're a Mexican or Mexican American mm-hmm. and you're a soccer fan, it gives you a reason to watch major league soccer. Yeah. Right? If you were a Mexican or Mexican American and you were just watching League MX um, on Univision mm-hmm. if you're in the US, suddenly you might pay a lot more attention two Major League Soccer. You might. Right? You might. I mean, you have... Because Mexico's all-time top scorer mm-hmm. is now playing for the LA Galaxy. And then the Mexico what-could-have-been
1: striker is playing for LAFC. So, <laughs> so you've got sort of uh, two big players there. Yes, I think that's going to yeah. turn a lot of heads and we will we'll keep a lot of people, keep people's attention throughout yeah. this season.
0: And Raul Jimenez is playing for Los Lobos. So you can always go <laughs> watch
1: him too. <laughs> you could. You could. I thought you meant the band. I was kind of confused. <laughs> uh, I, I, but I'm, I am sort of confused by some of the narrative because people... People seem to simultaneously be frustrated that he had that sort of I'm beginning my retirement quote. Again, that's out of context, and we'll yeah. talk about that. But then also it's like, oh, you know, like, can he still do it? I don't know if he'll be as good as Latan. To me, he's a 31-year-old player who has not gotten the sort of first-team minutes and the consistent first-team first-team starts in a very long time. I I think he is going to tear this league apart. I really do.
0: Yeah, from what I've seen of uh, Chicharito, it's actually quite a lot. Mm -hmm. What he's really good at, right? He doesn't necessarily have that like that pace that was so devastating early on in his his career. Mm -hmm. What he does have is incredible movement in the box, constantly moving constantly looking for openings. We we're talking about Sergio Aguero mm-hmm. uh, only yesterday. It's a little bit of the same thing where he's constantly shaking off defenders and making himself open. For that reason alone, and game smarts like, top, that goes mm-hmm. with that, is going to score a ton of goals in Major League Soccer.
1: Absolutely, because he is, obviously he's good in the air, he's got the vertical, and don't get me wrong, he can certainly play on the counter, yeah. but I think his strongest suit, when he looked his best in Europe, was playing for Manchester United in those first few seasons, and that was a very aggressive front foot forward attacking Manchester United squad. So he was in and around the box a lot and that allowed him to move around and find little pockets of space and score those goals you mentioned. I would expect the same from the Galaxy who will obviously have a very strong attack and a decent midfield. We'll we'll see what happens with their defense. Um, But I would expect them to have lots of attacking chances and I think that's going to favor him in a number of different ways. So
0: let's talk about that video. Sure. So this video did the rounds on social media Mm -hmm. yesterday. As I understand it, it was Chicharito talking to his dad or his mom and dad.
1: Yeah, so he, I think he amongst and a few other people have a channel called Naked Humans uh, which is not naked people but it's sort of meant to be I think behind the scenes emotionally naked. Yeah, like what what people experience on a day 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 basis without a lot of filters or the kind of best image that yeah, you can yeah. present on on social media. Okay. And so yeah, it's him talking to his parents before the deal is official, but at the very end he says like it's already leaked and he's kind of frustrated about that pretty clearly, but it's him telling them that he is officially moving back to or back to North America, moving to Los Angeles. And not happily. I would make that very clear. Yeah. It's definitely the case that he is not saying it in an excited, I'm making a bunch of money and we're going to be closer. He mentions yep. the we're going to be closer and I'll get to see you more. But it is definitely much more of a tearful, emotional, I mm-hmm. need to talk to my parents because I need their help.
0: So the two phrases I remember are, this is the beginning of my retirement mm-hmm. and the European dream is over. Right, right? And mm-hmm. it's, I think it's that word retirement that, for want of a better word, triggered mm-hmm. a lot of MLS fans because yep. the knock against MLS has always been, it's a retirement. List. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and I would say that like if you just see that little it, like still image, maybe maybe yeah. you could be like, well, that's not good.
0: And if but, you're only capable of taking one word right. from a conversation exactly. and not seeing things in context, I could see why you would be upset. Right,
1: but as you said, the gist of it is, it's the beginning of my retirement, and then he starts to talk a little bit more, and his dad immediately cuts in and says, his "No, dad, it isn't." By the
0: way, the adult P. right? Who the full played, size P.
1: Uh-huh, played his entire <laughs> career in Mexico, thirty uh, some appearances for the senior national team, and he, he he responds like, "No, it's not." Like he instantly says, no, this is not the beginning of your retirement. Is that what Big P says? Mm -hmm. And teacher Rita responds like, no, but understand me. I'm saying goodbye to a career that we put a lot of uh, effort on. We are retiring from the European dream. And like if you are an an MLS fan who's frustrated by that or sees it as like, oh, he's saying he's retiring and now it's going to be an easy life in MLS, he explicitly says later on, like it's going to be a new journey and it's going to be a difficult journey, but I'm excited for it. But this is clearly him accepting that. It didn't maybe reach the levels he thought it would. He didn't have the consistent success he thought he would in Europe. And then a move to Major League Soccer, while exciting for any number of reasons, does spell the end of his dreams of winning the Champions League and being a consistent competitor in the top leagues in Europe.
0: And Because if you think about it, his move, he's at Club America, Mm -hmm. right, to begin with in Mexico. He goes to Manchester United, Mm -hmm. right? Then he goes to Real Madrid. It's like two of the biggest teams in the world. Um, And then I think in the end, neither of those teams wants him full time. So he ends up at Bayer Leverkusen. Mm Still a big team, but it's not quite up at Etelan, right? And I think he scored a few goals in the Bundesliga, mm-hmm. right? I think he always thought, okay, but maybe then Bayern will take yep. me. right? And then he's back to the Premier League with West Ham. I think thinking, I'm going to prove myself with West Ham. Yep. Maybe Arsenal, Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United, even Spurs, mm-hmm. something, someone like that will take me. And then no, then it's off to Spain, to Sevilla. And I still think there's maybe a thing of all right, but maybe Barcelona... Mm-hmm. I think he always thinks maybe there's a way back to the uh, to the upper tier. But then once you move to the LA Galaxy, like you said, the, mm-hmm. that European dream, right. uh, like being, playing for a big team and winning the Champions League, is over.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And so the kind of European dream is over, but I think simultaneously it's not the like, yeah, you've had a good career and now it's time to kind of move on to maybe easier pastures. I think for him... There was still this expectation of yeah, but like I moved here and then the manager got sacked and the new manager didn't like me, so I moved to this club and then that manager got sacked and I think there was this expectation that eventually I'm going to find kind of find that firm footing and become this superstar again, and that sort of hasn't come to fruition. So to have to give up on that feeling of like I'm going to have that chance, I'm going to have that chance, you can understand why he's crying in the video somewhat uncontrollably. Right, so
0: that's the sadness in the call. The sadness isn't that oh I have to play major league soccer. No, I
1: mean and he and he (laughs) goes into detail about how like it's going to be better for my kids, it's going to be better for my my life. I'm going to get to play all the time. I'm going to get to practice every single day, but then still get to play. Like He's excited to have this opportunity yeah. and I think is very much looking forward to Major League Soccer. It's just also, as he says, nostalgia is holding him back from feeling truly happy.
0: Yeah, all right. And so you mentioned, I'm sure you mentioned it at the top, but mm-hmm. it's been a few minutes. How much is he getting paid in Major League Soccer?
1: Six million is the base salary, six m- right, million good. dollars. that's, money. that's good it money is. for any, it's uh, just, any job. It's just <laughs> under what Carlos Vela and Josie Altador are making. But then you factor in incentives and they'll probably... Be some image rights considerations and whatever else. I'm sure he's going to be doing just fine.
0: All right, plenty of non MLS news to come, but since you started with an MLS move at the top end, Mm -hmm. I'm going to start with one that kind of comes at the other end of the salary scale. It's WrestleMania coming to (laughs) DC United. So Atlanta United traded. Uh, Julian Gressel to DC United for essentially a bunch of allocation money, mm-hmm. right? 650000 in targeted allocation money in 2020, another 100000 in 2021, and then 350000 in targeted allocation money if, he hit, if Gressel hits certain performance markers, right? Mm. Why would Atlanta trade away one of their very best players, especially when they were able to have him pretty cheaply? It's because he wasn't happy being had. Pretty cheaply. That
1: makes a lot so of sense. Can
0: you, do you know how much Gressel was earning? I knew it wasn't as much a shiny as. Shiny nickel. Not that many shiny nickels. <laughs> $114,000 a year. All right. right? That's like good money for you and me. Mm-hmm. He was worth a lot, lot more than that right. on that Atlanta United team. He was a key part of the MLS Cup winning team. Mm-hmm. And essentially, they've been negotiating about maybe upping his salary. And. Even though he's worth more, I think there isn't room to maneuver for Atlanta to pay him what he's worth, right? Mm. So the big deal is Gressel goes to D.C. and they can pay him $700,000 a year. That's a massive increase for Julian Gressel. I
1: like that DC United apparently just has a drone flying over Atlanta United's training facility, and any time there seems to be an out-of-sorts player, they swoop in. Because you had Yumil assad I think similar situations with DC, now we've got Julian Gressel. I hope that that's what they're doing. They've just got one spy like waiting to see if there's any sort of (laughs) (laughs) ill feeling in the locker room.
0: So the reason I thought this was um, an interesting story is that Gressel has long been maybe the most undervalued player in Major League Soccer and deserves his payday, Mm. right? But the other thing is, to me, it's a really good example of how in MLS, great teams get eventually torn apart yeah. because of MLS roster rules and regulations, right? That MLS Cup winning team, I know Tata Martino left, but Tata Martino's team has now lost Miguel Moran because mm-hmm. someone came in with a big beard, right? That's fine. Um, Darlington Nagby, uh, LGP has gone, and now Julian Gressel's gone. I think if you're an Atlanta fan, you might be a little bit like oh that is over we're in the Frank DeBoer era now yeah can
1: I add the thesis statement to your argument which is yeah. that I believe the night they won MLS Cup there were already abundant rumours that Greg Garza was moving to Cincinnati Greg Garza like, we like, talked about it that like night before in they the were stadium. even done I yeah, remember exactly. we did. It's, yeah. which is sort of amazing so that, to think that about that
0: team started being dismantled mm-hmm. the second the cup was right. lifted right? Yeah.
1: maybe even before it's the nature, it's the nature of the business yeah. the Heineken, Major Heineken
0: wasn't even dry <laughs> on the locker room floor <laughs> I'm not sure it still is dry there's a lot of Heineken spilled <laughs> around it oh, it's just sticky now Yeah. so yeah Atlanta now looks very different right Brooks Lennon is in probably to be one of those yep. uh, right-sided players. They did sign um, Spike, the the training guide Doug. Ah, uh, yes. They announced That's that right. today. So, so that mm-hmm. was cute. I always want puppies on my timeline. But it also felt like uh, yeah. a bit of D- Atlanta United being like, Are you we sad? N- we need some good Here's PR. A puppy. Here's a puppy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. very cute puppy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm looking at um, DC as well. Right. Suddenly their wide attackers are Edison Flores, mm-hmm. who they signed as a DP, Paul Ariola, Julian Gressel, and Yamil Assad.
1: Okay, not they, so bad. They got, they got some options there. Not they so got some bad. Options there. Do they not have so a central bad. striker aside from Ola Kamara? And do they have a number 10? Ola Kamara. Okay. Ola
0: Kamara. So- well, I actually think maybe, maybe um, uh, Flores can mm-hmm. play. Like central attacking midfielder, and maybe Yamil Asad can I also do think it. So that might be the, Acosta, the Luciano Costa replacement.
1: The rumor replacement. I read at someone's DC United blog. Don't like you a, dare
0: say Mesut Ozil.
1: No, uh, was that uh, Paulo Riolà? Could might be the potential number ten for Ooh, them this season. I know that, it's. It seems it seems
0: incorrect, but I'd be interested to see it.
1: Agreed <laughs> on all accounts. <laughs>
0: All right, so the, that was my very quick um, Atlanta United and D.C. United update. Mm-hmm. WrestleMania comes to D.C. All
1: right. I'm going to – oh, should I keep us in Major League Soccer? Or should I move us away from it entirely?
0: Let's get away from it, just in case anyone's thinking, I want some. I want something from outside Let's the North Africa. Let's All go right. to
1: Africa. Uh go to Africa. The Africa Cup of Nations uh, is once again going to be in January, February instead of in the summer. Uh, in Cameroon in 2021, instead of being June, July in Cameroon, it will be January, February of
0: 2021. So this – Think of them moving it mm-hmm. to the summer, right? Um, or at least June, July. Is the experiment was what one tournament
1: yep. and done? Seems to be the case. I don't know what will happen with future tournaments. I think after Cameroon, it's Ivory Coast. I forget who it is after that. Um, but the. Two explanations I have heard, one I'm slightly dubious on, is uh, temperature, that playing in Africa in the summer, it's, it's quite hot, and so it's easier to play yeah. in January, February. I would note, I did some, uh, some research, the average temperature in June and July uh, ranges for, in Cameroon, Cameroon's kind of big, ranges from 72 to 95 degrees, the range in January, February, 63 to 95. So still <laughs> quite hot. I would note the rainy season is in the summer, so that might be why they've moved it.
0: But the African Confederation knew mm-hmm. this when they made the original sure move, right? Mm-hmm. And I, as I understood it, they did it in order to let you benefit their players that were playing mm-hmm. in Europe, who obviously were not... It wasn't great for their careers to go missing for a month in January to go and play in the African right. Cup of Nations.
1: The other possible explanation, and one that seems to be sort of like, oh, and maybe it's this, and then like temperature gets like a whole paragraph, and then maybe it's this, is that the uh, Club World Cup is going to be held in 2021 in the summer, in June, uh, and that would be the expanded Club World Cup, so you'll have more teams competing. And I think the idea was, if you've got 24 teams competing in that, chances are that if you then hold the Africa Cup of Nations afterwards, oh. you're not going to get everybody to compete because you basically then give them no off-season at all. So
0: FIFA crowded them out?
1: I think so. Or they kind of recognized, we're not going to get any of our like, marquee players, so there's yeah. not going to be nearly as many tickets or eyes or TV rights, <sighs> so we better move it back to a time when we can somewhat guarantee that players will be able to make it.
0: I did see, I saw the Jurgen Klopp quote on this, mm-hmm. um, and he said, okay, this happening in January is not good for us because mm-hmm. we've got Mohamed Salah, Egyptian, Sajomane, mm-hmm. Senegal, uh, Naby Keita, who plays for Guinea. He says, it doesn't mean we're going to sell those players, mm-hmm. but it makes us think twice if we sign right. African players in the future. Yeah, exactly. It really is a, a, an obstacle, not, not an impossible obstacle, but an obstacle to African players' careers in mm-hmm. Europe.
1: And I remember that always being the sort of narrative every now and then was – oh, but don't forget, this African Cup of Nations is happening and this yeah. team's going to lose that player and that player is going to be gone from this team and what's that going to mean? And I guess we'll have that sort of variation in the schedule again, so maybe that will bring up some some crazy results, but it's still a frustrating change from a change that made a lot of sense in moving it to the summer. Oh,
0: right. Okay, uh, Gio Reyna. Get it together, FIFA. Gio Reyna made his Borussia mm-hmm. Dortmund debut. I know this has been mentioned on the Total Soccer Show, but I went back and watched the whole thing. All right? Right. So Gio Reyna comes on For Borussia Dortmund makes his debut at 17 years old making him the fifth youngest Bundesliga player to ever debut that's not bad Um, he's still way behind 16 year old Nui Shaheen with uh, Dortmund 4-3 up on Augsburg it finishes with Dortmund 5-3 up on Augsburg Mm. he came in for Thorgan Hazard he played on the left wing in a 3-4-3 Dortmund formation and get this front line sorry he played on the right wing Mm -hmm. so Sancho on the left heard of him Erling Braut Haaland centre forward never heard of him Gio Reyna on the right wing. Definitely heard of him. All teenagers, Mm -hmm. all dangerous. One of them American, one of them English. If I could find some Norwegian heritage, this would be the happiest I've ever been to watch a front three. So Dortmund are doing all right, is I guess what I'm hearing. Dortmund are doing all right, but Gio Reyna Mm -hmm. is doing all right. So I I got a good look at his performance, and I'm going to say... Mostly good. Mostly good. Mostly good. Right. Um, his standout moment moment was his involvement in the fifth goal. I'm not sure if you're familiar with this uh, play or not. He's come mm-hmm. sort of all the way back to his own defensive third. He intercepts a crossfield ball, um, dribbles forward, cuts, like, leaves a defender kind of for dead, and then plays a ball to Royce. Royce plays it in for Haaland. Mm-hmm. Um, Dortmund are up uh, 5 3. He also got himself a yellow card for a bit of a tussle he got into, which getting a yellow card is not great, but it was also a reminder. The Joran is a big dude for 17. Like, he is big enough to body someone enough that he ends up fouling someone and, and take that yellow. And I honestly think that's part of why his uh, development has been accelerated a little bit, as, as well as game smarts. He's kind of got the frame of, a, of an older man.
1: Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I do. So, based on what you saw and what what we've been able to read, research, do you expect more from him this season? Do do you think it'll be consistent? Yeah, there'll be more minutes this season, Do you think it'll be consistent, like, 12 to 13 minutes every single game? Do you think it'll be in the squad, occasional appearances?
0: My guess is in the near-term future, Mm -hmm. it's going to be some 15, 20-minute performances. And what we hope is that that graduates into a start Mm -hmm. at some point between now and the end of the season, which is still quite a long way away, Mm -hmm. right? It is. It is. Um, And
1: this is, again, what kind of Christian Pulisic did established himself in the winter friendlies in that winter training camp, started to get some minutes, and I think then started to get some starts. And then we sort of felt was poised to be a starter at the start of the next season.
0: So the the downside, maybe, if you're looking for downsides, I don't think you really should be, right? Because he's just a teenager getting his debut for Dortmund. He didn't really take anyone on and go past them. He had one shot that he pulled just wide, but it wasn't like an, an unnecessarily selfish shot. And he had one misplaced pass where Axel Witzel had to scurry and like body someone and do one of his Axel Witzel turns and get get him out of trouble. Um, But not bad at all for 20 minutes from a 17-year-old. The future is uh, Gio Reyna competing with Jadon Sancho and Thorgen Hazard and Jakob Brun Larsen and maybe Marco Reus and Mario Goetzer for those two wide positions. It's a lot of names. It's a lot of names, but he got 20 minutes out of it this past weekend. There might be more to come. So get excited about Gio Reyna and maybe we see him in March in a U.S. national team camp if he's making some regular appearances for Dortmund.
1: Uh, we would hope so. We would hope we will see more of Indiana Vasilev as well. That's another one who Ryan and I talked about briefly on the weekend review. Uh, so since you were doing Gio Reyna, I went back and watched a bit more of his performance against yeah. Watford. And then, This is a big deal, or, Excuse I, me, against Brighton and Hove in the 1-1 draw. This then is a big I, deal.
0: This is an American teenager playing in the Premier League. It
1: is, and not just playing one game, but playing two games. Yeah. He played midweek against Watford in a 2-1 win. He's on the field as they're able to score the winning goal. Uh, but going back and watching... I stand by my initial read of him as like he made a really smart run that opened up a little bit of space for Jack Grealish. Yeah. Uh, that's sort of like being favorable to him because he wasn't actually involved in the goal necessarily but I do think that run is representative of what he's going to be for Villa because Villa are not going to be a slow build up. He's going to get a lot of touches in and around the box and get a lot of shooting opportunities. It's going to be Make an aggressive run and maybe we'll play you in, and make an aggressive run and maybe that'll open up space for somebody else. But that seems to be what he's going to be for them, is a central striker, which is interesting. And a which front is three. not even his position,
0: right? Mm-hmm. I think of him as an attacking midfielder from what, but, I've, what but, I know of him in the but past. But for them
1: it looks like he's going to be a, a hard-work, hard-running uh, central striker who will drop in, track back, put pressure on uh, midfielders if they're carrying the ball forward, and especially centre-backs if they're carrying the ball forward. But then is fine technically. Like There are some moments when he comes out of pressure, but he's able to control the ball and lay it off and make smart little passes. You definitely didn't see him getting a lot of time on the ball, as I said, because I don't think that's where Aston Villa are. I think it's yeah. going to be a lot more smash and grab or just give the ball to Jack Grealish and maybe he does something. That's
0: kind of the Villa plan.
1: Yeah. yeah. But I will would not be surprised with Vasilev sort of just doing the hard work, and I think that's why he got these initial appearances and why I think he'll continue to get those these appearances going forward.
0: What kind of bizarre world are we in where Premier League team doesn't have a striker and puts in a teenage American and plays him out of position at centre-forward? I mean... I, I, I you, you say that, like, the, he's been scoring
1: plenty of goals for the Villa Reserves, okay, and, and okay. I think with that in mind, they look at him as, can score, runs really hard, is decently fast, yeah. fights for everything, let's put him in there and see what he can do.
0: Didn't you say, you said to me off-air, I don't know if you want to share this on-air, mm. that he was sort of Vardy-esque in his running
1: yeah, I mean, I think he just he makes really determined runs, and then if he doesn't like constantly get, moving, yeah, but then like if he doesn't get the ball, it sort of is then like, all right, now I'm going to sprint to another spot, or Obviously, if he doesn't get the ball, he'll and it, like Villa turn it over. You'll see him sprint twenty yards back to get into the right position, and it's just that it's not you never see that like, oh, hands in the air, I didn't get the ball when I wanted it, and now I'm pouting. He he just keeps moving and keeps adjusting, and I think if you're talking about him playing centrally, working really really hard, making runs in behind for a team that. Aren't as good technically and aren't going to have much of the ball. Don't say it. It seems like it's Don't sort of it. a good fit for the U.S. national team. Fair enough. So if he keeps getting these minutes, if he keeps, even if it's still just 13 minutes here, uh, 17 minutes here, what have you, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a call in to that uh, European-based U.S. camp later on in 2020.
0: So March 2020, do mm-hmm. you think he could also be on the, the senior men's national team? I do,
1: especially if you're going heavy on European players and yeah. somewhat later on Major League Soccer players, I wouldn't be surprised.
0: That's kind of exciting.
1: I mean, again, granted, this is a small sample size, but the running he did, the work rate we saw, it seems like the type of striker that Greg Berhalter will favor and enjoy.
0: I do know that um, Villa just sold Kodia. so they mm-hmm. sold off another striker. They've only got, what, Wesley waiting to come back from injury, I think, most of the rest of the season. So we were all up on Villa should sign a centre-forward, Are we now, Villa should not sign a centre-forward. Nah. They should They should stick with Indiana mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what they should do. All right, I like it. Before we get to more news you might have missed, um, other news you might have missed is that you can get life insurance easily mm-hmm. um, if you go through policy Genius. That's
1: right. Policy Genius makes finding the right life insurance a breeze. In minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. You could save $1,500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies.
0: It's the easy way to shop for a life insurance plan that's not tied to your job. In minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. So, just mm. like Aston Villa wished they could compare prices for top strikers around Europe, you can compare quotes for top insurance policies.
1: That's right. And it's an easy way, as Policy Genius says. Uh, to kind of establish a resolution and then complete that resolution. If you've been holding off getting life insurance, if it's something that's slightly intimidating, you can go to Policy Genius. They make it incredibly simple. And then that's done and your resolution is complete before you're even into the second month of the year.
0: So go to policygenius.com to get quotes and apply in minutes.
1: There we go. Policy Genius will always get the future wrong. Better get life insurance right. Thank you very much to Policy Genius for sponsoring this episode. Uh, I think I just talked about Indiana Vassal So it's sure over to you, do, Mr. It- Grove.
0: What else do we miss? Okay, let's go with... With Bayern Munich making moves for the future. So Bayern have loaned Alvaro Adriazzola. Do you remember mm-hmm. talking about him as a potential right-back that someone should sign? Mm-hmm. Real Madrid's backup right-back. you go. can't get a game because Carvajal's in the way. Bayern have loaned him. They've also um, put a deal in place to sign Alexander Neubel from Schalke, the goalkeeper. Um, he'll come in next summer on a, on a Bosman. And they've also said they will not sign... Felipe Coutinho Mm -hmm. to a permanent deal which weirdly might be the biggest move because if you're not going to spend 120 million euros on Felipe Coutinho which is what the uh, the sort of loan and then the option to buy was 120 million euros to me that says they're going to spend big and it's going to be Leroy Sane and I'm going to guess also Kai Havertz that rumour for Kai Havertz has been around far too long to not happen right and to me that would be buying buying the future of German soccer Leroy Sane and Kai Havertz
1: yeah, I think that, that's, that's, coming, isn't it? that's a solid shout. It's also very telling because when we were in Germany and we, ha- we had the head of Bayern's commercial arm, I think it was, yeah. talking to us, a lot of it was about, like, we're still this big club, we still have lots of money, we brought in a player like Felipe Coutinho. We, we... Yeah, you and
0: I looked at each other like side glance, right? But, like, but is he really it, that famous? But they
1: seem to be sort of building this idea of, like, Coutinho is this big superstar that we have in our roster, and it's very telling that they've gone from that to, never mind, <laughs> we don't need to keep him around anymore. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. All right, so I'm going to quickly go through these moves. Um, Alvaro Odriozola mm-hmm. really was the upper coming right back. That's why Real Madrid brought him. And then they put him to rot on the bench. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great loan pickup for Bayern Munich, not least because it releases Joshua Kimmich, to go and play midfield this has been the problem all along is that they want to get Kimmich in midfield Mm -hmm. but they also don't have a right back so they've been back and forth about this this lets Kimmich go and play midfield it also means that Pavard remember Benjamin Pavard Mm -hmm. he doesn't have to fill in at right back he can now play centre back so they don't have to keep like sending out um, the remains of Jerome Boateng Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, or asking Javier Martinez to play there or asking Alaba to play centre back when he could be playing left back and maybe then if Alaba can play attacking left back again Alfonso Davis can go farther forward and get himself involved in the attack or look the at bench, Bundesliga
1: or the bench or the bench
0: Zip. but they've got some injury worries on the wing mm-hmm. as well right Komen
1: like, and uh, Serge Gnabry yeah, talked about so, it. so I think there's opportunity kind of for Alfonso David mm-hmm. so
0: I actually think even though this seems like a low key move for a club the size of Bayern Munich getting Audrey in as a right back I think it's like it's almost like a, a puzzle, and he unlocks all the other parts of the puzzle to let Kimmich in midfield, mm-hmm. Davis at front, the Labour play left back, all that kind of stuff.
1: Thank goodness those plucky underdogs at Bayern Munich have found a way to be competitive <laughs> in such a
0: competitive market. This is true. This is true. I'm interested in the Alexander Newbel thing. Um, so he's the starting goalkeeper for Schalke this year. He was the Schalke captain to start the year. His contract expires this summer. Bayern have snapped him up. This all feels very Manuel Neuer from a few years ago, right? And I took it's a good look. I took a good look at Nubel. He kind of plays a little bit like Manuel Neuer. Mm. Not necessarily with his feet. He's not as um, brave and off his line and as, as adventurous as Manuel Neuer was. But you know the way Neuer sort of keeps doing those little shifts in position. He's almost got like tiny feet that are just keep uh, keep moving, keep moving, keep moving to keep adjusting his position. And then he's got like the hard wrists when he like makes mm-hmm. a quick reflex save, goes down and that ball always uh, goes away it never goes into danger mm-hmm. Nubel has the same thing and I looked into okay why are they signing Nubel if they've already got the current Manuel Neuer mm-hmm. Neuer's contract expires in 2021 so I think they'll have one season of both and maybe it's the transition year and then I think Neuer might be off to pasture oh boy yeah
1: that that feels, uh, I, I always bring it back to it. I feel like when David De Gea leaves Man United, that's going to be like, oh
0: yeah, Manuel Neuer, the German goalkeeper, we'll bring him in. He's not at all past it. Someone will pay a lot of money to Oof. Manuel Neuer. Not for Manuel Neuer, but someone will pay a lot of money to maybe Manuel both, Neuer.
1: Maybe both. Someone will pay more like than they a, probably like should like for <laughs> Neuer. Yeah, yeah.
0: He'll be out of contract 2021, yeah. so he'll mm-hmm. be he'll definitely be available. Yeah. All
1: right, that's interesting. All right, Bayern Munich making moves and having foresight, and yeah. I don't know if I love it.
0: And it might be bad news for Norwich because Norwich currently have Ralph Furman, who is uh, on loan from Schalke, because he lost his place to Nubel last season. Uh, Norwich might lose their goalkeeper next year because Schalke will be like, "Hey, Ralph, time to come back." Time to come back.
1: I would hope that they would maybe invest elsewhere because I want Schalke to be good because I want Weston McKinney to be happy. But I guess we'll have to wait and see. That'll be a thing we missed in the transfer window in the summer.
0: Yeah, all right. So there you go. Bayern making moves Mm -hmm. in the transfer window.
1: All right. Well, uh, I talked about one thing I wasn't so pumped about with Africa. Let's talk about another thing I'm not so pumped about Uh with Africa. Uh, Africa World Cup qualifying, the group phase draw has been announced. Uh, They announced the format change, I believe, in like April of 2019. We didn't really talk about it at all because we weren't really paying attention to World Cup qualifying at that point. Yeah. Uh, But now that they have sort of done the group phase draw it was uh, back on my radar and I'm oh, sort of
0: pulled they pulled balls from balls yes yeah.
1: exactly uh, but uh, it's worth noting that they kind of moved away from the qualifying approach in 2018 that had frustrated us so much in 2014 when they had the group stage and then the winners of the groups then played another winner of the group and whoever won that one in a home and away contest yeah. then went to the World oh, Cup oh you mean
0: Bob Bradley's worst nightmare exactly yeah. because
1: they had he had qualified smoothly or, got, or qualifying had gone smoothly they'd won their group and then they went up against Ghana and it didn't go well and yeah. that was it in so, the playoff right yeah. you,
0: can, you can like coach your group stage, feel like everything's great, Mm -hmm. and then you've still got to get past a really good team in a sort of two-legged playoff. It yeah. made qualification really hard for African teams. And it was
1: basically, they had, I think, as I recall, it was like the first game just went really poorly, and and that was it. Like, yeah. you can't rebound. No, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you can't rebound from that. So even though I think they won the second leg, it still didn't matter, because one so, game in three years means you don't go to the World Cup.
0: So the group stage version changed that for the 2018 qualifying, and now we're back to having the playoff. That's we are I'm indeed. Saying. We okay. are
1: indeed. So we're in the second round of African qualifying. The groups have happened. You're going to have 10 groups, uh, four teams in each group. The top team in each group will then advance to play the winner of another group, or whomever, whomever they draw. And then you'll have five teams qualify for the World Cup. Uh, so th- that draw has happened. You don't really have too many huge ones aside from you do have Camero- Cameroon and Ivory Coast in the same group. So, so
0: Can only one of them win the group and go to the Exactly. So, so one will, of them is definitely not going to the World one Cup? One of
1: them is definitely not going to the World Cup, which is... I mean, I guess that's like part and parcel of qualifying. You're always going to have teams left aside, but it's why I don't love this format. And then I don't love the fact that you're going to have so many teams who will look very, very good and be really, really exciting, but maybe they'll go up against a team that's just super defensive and you can't break them down and you end up losing 1-0, and that's that. And I know that's how qualifying goes, but it does not make for an entertaining World Cup.
0: The real problem here isn't the way that the African Confederation organise it. Mm -hmm. It's... It's that they don't have enough spots to go around.
1: Yes, basically, which will be changed. This is the final one with 32 teams. 2026 will obviously be more teams, thus, more uh, teams able to qualify, thus, a change in the format once again. But for right now, and especially just with so many teams having two or three or four very, very good players, or some teams just have the one, but it's still like there's so many teams that you would like to see. That I know of, yeah. yeah, but like but I mean, I think the global audience knows that would like fair. to see go into qualifying or make it further or maybe even go to a World Cup, but instead I think you're going to see sort of the same uh, entrance as usual would be my guess
0: fair enough all right, my news comes from. NWSL. All right. Do you know about this? And if you saw it in my planning, Haley Mace. Haley Mace has signed with the North Carolina Courage.
1: Congratulations to the North Carolina Courage for winning their third straight NWSL title.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, so we saw Haley Mace get drafted by mm-hmm. Sky Blue in 2019. mhm we saw Hayley Mace very much look like she was not going to go and play for Sky Blue FC. And say, I'm
1: not going to play for you publicly. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: So instead, she spent the year playing. Um, she played briefly in Australia for Melbourne City FC. She spent most of her time in Sweden. I'm so with, excited for you to try to pronounce this one. I've got it typed down somewhere. <laughs> Rosengard. Oh, Rosengard. Oh, was it? Okay, I thought maybe it was. Uh, maybe it was, is it
1: Julia Ashby? Was that the other one who I think or Ashley who went to another club that I had no idea happened? Yes,
0: it? but I, I don't know who That's she fair. went to. And I'm not even going to try and pronounce it. Right. Uh, I do know that Haley Mays went to Rosengard. Spent a year in Sweden, mm-hmm. um, and now she comes back and signs for the North Carolina Courage because uh, Courage traded with Sky Blue. I think they traded um, Zaboni. What's Zaboni's first name? McCall. McCall, McCall Zaboni, 33 year old defensive midfielder mm-hmm. who was important but has become maybe the third choice central midfielder on North Carolina traded her to Skyblue FC for the rights to Haley Mace when she came back. So at least Sky Blue got something it's out of it. It's actually a
1: pretty decent move for Skyblue. Yeah, Sky it's Blue, happy yeah. it's happy for
0: everybody, yep. right? And then Haley Mace gets to cuz she is sort of this big big name, right? Mm-hmm. Who can play center back and play forward, can also play left back to go and play for the best team yep. in the NWSL. Apologies to all fans of all teams who are not North Carolina Courage, yep. but the uh, the trophy holding doesn't lie.
1: It does not. Yeah. It does not. And then drafting Ally who i think uh people thought might even go higher to other teams instead she falls to the north carolina courage and then they already have the talent they already had previously they're gonna be just fine
0: and if you're wondering why we're making such a big deal about hayley mace uh she already has three u.s women's national team caps yeah she played in world cup qualifying for jill ellis right she's already on the national team radar
1: Mm -hmm. okay so uh congratulations to her commiserations to everyone else in the nwsl yeah well done
0: Hailey mace like playing the long game figuring stuff out yeah
1: Stand, stand your ground and you see what happens yep. uh, we 're going to stay with u s national team news of a different sort though because we 're going to talk michael bradley 's injury because this is something that sort of I completely didn't notice until suddenly. It was like, well, you know, with Bradley being out for four months. I was like, wait, what's that now? Four months sounds a long time when
0: you say that loud, right? It
1: really does. Yeah. Um, he underwent surgery on Tuesday for a, quote-unquote, severe injury that he suffered in the 2019 MLS Cup final. That was a while ago. It was indeed, which was my burning question. Uh, essentially, they went for a program of rest, uh, rehabilitation, physical therapy, and the season hoping that that would get him back to 100%. Okay. And the quote from G.M. Ali Curtis was basically that, like, It wasn't like he was at 95. They used a lot of, like even if he were at 95%, that 5% left over, it's still a nagging concern that will only get worse, so we decided just to like deal with it now. I-, I thought it was interesting language, just that he didn't say he was 95% of the way there, it was, even if he were 95% so like of the way. a example yes. that
0: wasn't necessarily Michael Bradley. Whereas really.
1: it might well have been like, he was 50% of the way there, and he definitely needed surgery, <laughs> but as a result uh, Bradley will uh, miss probably the first four months of the season, or at least with the surgery happening, he's going to miss preseason and then the start of the season. Uh, uh, Liam Fraser of Canada, we saw him play for Canada in the uh, Nations League, yep. uh, will likely deputize. That seems the most likely substitute.
0: So can I say, what do you mm-hmm. think about that? Like, was it worth saying, like, all right, we'll wait and see. Maybe this thing will heal with rest. Or should they have gone, all right, straight to surgery for you, Mr. Bradley? I mean,
1: I get why why there would be hesitation, especially yeah. for Michael Bradley, who is a little bit older. Like, it's it's... In the same way that when Manchester United said non-invasive surgery on Marcus Rashford, that's not a thing. Surgery is invasive. And I think if you're going in and operating you on don't an ankle. You know, they
0: might have had a Star Trek thing. Yeah,
1: exactly, right? Unless you've got Chekhov's been doc- like, and now you're fixed. Or yeah. Dr. <laughs>
0: Beverly Crusher could have had a tricorder. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know.
1: <laughs> what are you, barbarians? You want to cut people open? <laughs> bones, bones did not like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think anytime you're having invasive surgery... When you're at an advanced age, you've got a lot of miles on your ankles. There's always that fear that like it might take a little bit longer or anytime, as it's been explained to me, like anytime you're repairing a thing by nature, even if it feels like it's back to 100%, it has been surgically repaired. You're fixing it with other parts. With you tear your ACL, it's a replacement tendon. There's no guarantee it's really like all the way there mm-hmm. so I think you run that risk of well we had the surgery but it still feels uncomfortable so we're gonna give them some more time we're gonna have another surgery so
0: I think I'm leaning towards defending Toronto here yeah I and that it so. was because most people are just mad like why not why not just yeah. do it in November mm-hmm. I I get it I think there's a case for seeing if rest and recuperation will fix it and if I
1: mean you're talking about a Toronto team that went to MLS Cup again after having an uninspiring season prior to that and then at times like we're slow off the mark and I think they kind of have learned that you don't really have to hit the ground at 110%, you can sort of build up to that. And as long as you're in the playoff conversation, like two thirds of the way through the season, you can add some parts and then move from there. So I think...
0: You know who disagrees with you? Josie Altidore. Josie Altidore. This is almost the biggest story.
1: Uh, Josie Altidore came out, uh, said, quote, make no mistake, in my opinion, for me, it was handled poorly. This was an injury from two months ago, and it's not the first time this has happened. I don't think it's good enough. I think he was let down, end quote. So that's Josie Altidore speaking about Michael Bradley. And the way the injury was dealt with, but also worth remembering that uh, Altidore spoke out when trainer Giuseppe Julie is—I'm how I'm going to pronounce that—who uh, was was basically not retained was let go by the club because he had that relationship to Sebastian Giovinco. Yeah, and so when Giovinco left, they said we don't want any, anybody else. So away he went. Altidore had some problems with that. It seems like Altidore still has problems with the medical staff, hence why he's speaking on it now.
0: And then mm-hmm. Hercules Gomez tweeted: Was it today or yesterday? I yesterday, can't remember, I think. But yesterday that. Altidore speaking out has you know ruffled some feathers in Toronto, and the club is now yeah. kind of looking at trading him. Mm-hmm. I don't remember Hercules Gomez's exact phrasing, but I don't think I I'm, think they're
1: like they're like entertaining the possibility
0: of offers, entertaining or something offers. Like that. Yeah. yeah, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm not I'm not misquoting Hercules. There. Mm-hmm. Right. And
1: there's a small part of me that does just wonder if this is Toronto sort of. Phrasing it as like, oh, we don't like this player who spoke out on behalf of his teammates, so we might yeah. be looking to move him on. That sounds way better and would make teams be like, well, we do want a player who speaks out for his teammates. Yeah, yeah. We'll bring him in. That sounds way not, better than not mentioning
0: his constant, <laughs> exactly. He's very exactly. high <laughs> wage bill and he's <laughs> constantly injured. <have> right,
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. So I mean, but there is that. There is the fact that he's still a DP, so I don't know how easily he could be moved. But mm, I I, think it, it does seem like Josie is a little bit frustrated with the way Toronto are operating, at least from a medical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Toronto maybe don't love that. I think Greg. Ver- vanny uh commented like i don't know if Josie knows the particulars of the situation uh, like <laughs> but he didn't say like he shouldn't have spoken or were mad that he spoke out, just said like i'm not sure he has all the details
0: where's a good move for josie if he does get moved on where's hmm. a good move
1: for josie uh i mean from from what standpoint do you mean
0: i mean anything like if if he has to leave Toronto mm-hmm. if like, maybe the uh, like the bridge is burned. Um, I'm not sure what the bridge to Toronto is yep. called, but if the bridge is burned, <laughs> he goes over the Niagara Falls. Yeah, sure. that's it. Um, <laughs> where, a where is a good move for him? Like somewhere in MLS again? Yeah, like, I think so. I think could he could, want, could he do the reverse Chicharito and be like, all right, maybe Schalke need a striker. It's Josie time one more time. Uh, he could. I don't
1: know how well that would go over for him. Uh, I would say maybe DC United would be a, a possible place to look because they are still looking for a striker, but it seems like the ones that they have looked into would be too expensive given yeah. the outlay they've already put in. Mm-hmm. But maybe trading a, some assets. There's an
0: optimistic meeting with Mesa Ozor's agent happening, yes. apparently, yeah. about a move in, I think, 2040.
1: Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and then I think, like, Miami, Nashville, I don't know their their situations with their teams, but adding Josie Outdoor immediately. Oh, so maybe sells he's the marquee on a new And so that's that's why I asked like which which version are you looking for because like moving to Inter obviously brings him a lot more publicity. I would argue somewhere warmer, better for your hamstrings. Also that, yeah. And then moving to Tennessee, you know, it's a little bit warmer, but also I think with the kind of lack of marquee names they have right now, that would be a big selling point for them. Yeah. Uh, So that that could make sense as well.
0: All right, Mm -hmm. good, uh, good on the fly transfer speculation. But he's probably going to stay at Toronto. I like it. He probably is. Yeah, he probably is. Yep. All right. Up next, um, football agents, the big football agents, Mm -hmm. have threatened legal action against. This has flown under the radar in my
1: mind, and I feel like there are varying reasons why.
0: Well, so it flew under the radar in September when FIFA proposed changes to the way agents work, Mm -hmm. essentially. Right now, they're not even called agents, right? They're called intermediaries because they no longer had to be licensed since, I believe, 2015. But then agents' fees have been ballooning, I think is the word I would use, over the last few years, almost since 2015. Mm -hmm. Um, So in September 2019, FIFA proposed four things. One, a cap on the fees that agents could take. And the cap will be set um, as... Uh, 10% of the transfer fee um, or 3% of the players' fee for agents of the buying club, right? So 10% of the fee from the selling club or 3% of the players' fee for agents for the buying club. Um, they also proposed a limitation on multiple representation to avoid conflicts of interest. Um, to give you a good example, Mino Raiola mm-hmm. made £41 million pounds on Paul Pogba's move from Juve yep. to Man U in 2016 because he represented in that deal Paul Pogba, Juventus... And Manchester United. Wow. So he was taking money three ways. He made 41 million pounds on that deal because he got fees from all directions. So if people want to limit – you can't be one agent that negotiates mm-hmm. the entire thing. Yeah. Because then you're the most powerful person in the deal. Weirdly. Yes.
1: Um, they also want to reintroduce a man- – You're also – I like the idea of a Jack Donaghy-esque like self-negotiation of like, yeah. no, we want you to pay more. Fine, we're going to pay more. Like, <laughs> like, it's like how does that work exactly? <laughs>
0: Um they also proposed reintroducing uh the, the licensing system yeah. which uh they scrapped so like they're go, going back to the thing uh-huh. that they got rid of um and then this is actually quite important I think all agents commissioned w- would go through a FIFA clearing house mm-hmm. so FIFA would hold the money and then release it I think so that they're in full control of where all the agents fees are going and nothing can be well basically if an agent gets more than they're supposed to then that will be like Will really have had to subvert the system, mm-hmm. and then it's definitely illegal and off the books. Can I right? take a
1: shot at who doesn't love this idea?
0: Is yes. it the agents
1: themselves? It is the agents themselves. I had so, a
0: so, this proposal was made by FIFA in September. The reason this is making news yesterday and today is that in London, there was uh, the Association of Football Agents had their big meeting, right? So, they all got together and complained about it, right? Mm-hmm. And like any lobbying group, they, they're going hard back at this because FIFA really could just put this in place fairly easily, right? It's a FIFA mm-hmm. idea, then it's a resolution, then it can eventually become um, the... It's not actual law, but FIFA law, you know what I'm saying? Uh, FIFA regulation. Mm-hmm. It could be a FIFA regulation. There was a quote from Jonathan Barnett, who is Gareth Bale's agent. He's, he told the BBC, we will try until the last minute to resolve the problem, but rest assured, if necessary, we will go to, wait for it, every court in the world. Interesting. Every court in the world? At once. Oh, wow. I imagine. Not really. But yeah, that's what he says. We'll go to every court in the world. Essentially saying that agents will fight this tooth and nail. I don't think that's how courts work. It's not how courts work. It's not how courts work.
1: (laughs) I think you can go to one of a few courts and that's how that works.
0: So I want to put this to you that I actually think FIFA's proposals seem like good ideas Mm -hmm. because agents are taking too much money. That Mino Raiola £41 million fee for the Paul Pogba transfer, I think is a good example of money that is... Going out of football and going into one man's pocket, right? Mino yeah. is not passing that on to grassroots football.
1: No. And I think – and this is a a very cold take, not particularly a hot take, but I do believe it. It's that if you're making that amount of money, if you're Mino Raiola, I do believe that it then benefits you to continue to make moves. And it doesn't really help you if your player is just happily playing at that club. So if you're Raiola, you're going to agitate. You're going to see what else is out there. You're going to constantly be shopping your player even if the player doesn't necessarily want to move. I'm not saying it's against their will, but I think it benefits the agent to keep the deals coming because you keep making money off the deals – as opposed to, oh, no, the player is just happy and they got a contract renewal and you might get a percentage of that renewal or what have you. But yep. you're not going to get the amount of money you would. You're not going to get 40, 40 million euros uh-huh. if the player just stays where they are. So I think it makes sense to limit some of that uh, interference.
0: Um, without getting too deep into politics, this basically hits me where my political sweet spot mm. is, which is uh, market capitalism. With rules and regulations around it to keep it sensible. All Whereas right. what we've got right now is just like free-ranging, mm-hmm. uh, free market yep. where agents are the predators that are taking money from everybody.
1: Yeah, and then there's always the moments because I agree with you. And then there's the moments like where, like, like where you have. Oh, people... if you
0: disagree with me about sort of economic uh, structures, please don't email. That's fair.
1: Uh, <laughs> write a letter, handwritten letter. Yeah, uh, you can send, send, it,
0: send it to, to Mino at TotalSoccerShow at
1: <laughs> TSS Tower in Richmond, Virginia. That's all you need. <laughs> It'll get here. Um, but then you even have those moments when people will represent themselves as representatives of a player or a club to yeah. kind of sort of get their foot in the door to get some like part of the deal. Because yeah. then if you have started negotiations, even if you're not necessarily an agent for the player or representative for that player or the club, you can still then say, like, well, I started this ball rolling. So I yeah, deserve yeah. some sort of fee. And then it goes from there. And I
0: now those people would have to be right. registered agents with FIFA. Exactly. So, yeah, Edward would, wouldn't be fooled again. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Lovely. Lovely. Big, long sigh for me. Big, long sigh for me. <laughs> Should we
0: move on? Now I've made you sad mm-hmm. about Edward. Yeah, that's but, fine. Yeah, what would you like to talk about next?
1: Anthony Robinson. Oh, yeah. All yeah. right. I mean, I think we kind of have to uh, because the reports came out that he was linked with AC Milan. Yep. Because that's what happens when you play for yep. Wigan.
0: Would you might remind people who Anthony Robinson is? Because we haven't sure. talked about him that much on TSS, and some fans may not know yep. that he's got a U.S. national team career. He like, sure does. Given the last few
1: uh, He's uh, born in England, but dual national, play, has played for the United States. Uh, I think only one appearance under Greg Berhalter thus far, but he's yep. a 22-year-old left back, formerly of Everton, was on loan at a couple different clubs, ended up moving to Wigan permanently, uh, and is a very pacey. Uh, yeah. Left back is a very attacking left back, is not the best defensively from what we've seen, at least at national team level.
0: For me, he's still a winger who yeah. happens to play left back. Yeah. that
1: sounds about right Um, and so uh, has been having a a strong season getting consistent minutes for Wigan but it still is a little bit confusing that now out of nowhere he's linked with AC Milan Uh, the idea here would be that Theo Hernandez is their clear far and away uh, number one left back for Milan Uh, Ricardo
0: Rodriguez the left back Ricardo Rodriguez
1: was their starting left back but with Hernandez being there he no longer is but doesn't want to be the number two so now he he is sort of wanting a move specifically to Fenerbahce is where he wants to go is he
0: also thinking euros are coming
1: the, i want to i yeah. want to play i want to make that swiss squad that would definitely make sense yeah. he had an offer from psv he turned that down apparently because he wanted fenerbahce the issue there is that turkey have uh heightened their restrictions on foreign players and salary caps and that sort of thing so Will he be able to make that move? We don't know, but it does feel like if Ricardo uh, Rodriguez moves, then Anthony Robinson is one of a couple people they're looking at. Yeah. But from uh, I, I messaged uh, David Amoyal to ask, like, is this real or is this just sort of like a made up <laughs> thing that people are? And he said, no, there's there is definitely. At least some truth to it. Not sure if it will happen. Not even sure how he appeared on Milan's radar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I could guess is that basically either his agent or some sort of inter- intermediary uh, knew that Milan might be looking for it. Or maybe there was some connection with like one of their players is on Milan. They heard about it. They represent Anthony Robinson. But somehow I think Milan got footage of him and thought, yeah, that, that is a the replacement deputy left back that we might be looking for.
0: Because here's the thing – we're going to bottom of the championship. They are. They are 24th out of 24. They are. They are more than likely going down. Off of that. I would argue that even though I'm not Anthony Robinson's mm-hmm. biggest fan, like I don't really think he should be uh, close to starting for the national team right now, but even though he should be on the radar mm-hmm. and maybe should play U23s if he's available. He's too good to play in League One. Yeah. At least when he's had a couple seasons in the championship already. Mm-hmm. It's like a reverse Linda Gutt situation. He's already established in the championship. And I can see, if you're Milan, that actually does make sense in terms of, all right, Theo Hernandez is our starting left back, who would be happy to be a backup because it would be such a massive step up for them. Mm -hmm. It does make sense. It does. It's more just a question of how that, person came to be Anthony Robinson yeah. so I bet you could find a lot of players in a similar situation right like a really good yeah. left back on a team that's in trouble who'd be happy to be a backup at Milan mm-hmm. somehow it's become Anthony Robinson
1: well I mean I, I do think he's he is capped at national team level so you you've got that All element right. there he and so they're think, doing
0: their filters on wise scouts or something yeah it,
1: that, that's one <laughs> uh, and then if you're looking for like minimum price maybe uh, I think yeah. the number I've seen is around 2.5 million pounds All right. might be euros and that right there is a is a pretty decent uh, are uh, like low, low enough amount that it probably is intriguing to Milan, who are a team that don't want to spend a lot in in the January window. Yeah. But I think are okay with spending a little bit. But um, I like
0: and the one time we had that American, he played for free for a year.
1: Yeah, there's that. So. Um, but that's and I keep going back to that uh, with Anjewu. But the thing there was that that felt like oh, Anjewu was making this move from Standard Liège to Milan. He's going to be a starter, right? Like we knew yeah. he kind of wasn't going to be, but it felt like oh, he's moving there to challenge himself and maybe it was
0: in the injuries as well. Right?
1: Yeah. True, but this, I guess what I'm saying is, in contrast to that, this feels like a player who is going to Milan to be a backup. Potentially, my guess would be, like, loaned out, because, again, he's still just 22 years old, but to go to a league where there is a focus on, like, tactics and technical training for a player who our criticism has been, like... Like as a defensive Douglas player, Cross is going
0: that way. Exactly. Going that way?
1: Exactly. So it <laughs> also feels like a move that would really help Anthony Robinson develop. Even if yeah. it's just him staying and training at Milan, I think it helps him develop that way. If he gets a loan to another Serie A club, then he's playing consistent minutes as a starter in Serie A. I don't yeah. see how that's a downside
0: either. If I'm Anthony Robinson, as I'm leaving Wigan, I'll be. Uh, I'll be. Uh, see lads, I'm off to replace Maldini. <laughs> <laughs> I do wonder
1: how many more messages we'll get about... I would, how bur- is-
0: I would burn Wigan Pier on the way out. <laughs> that's fair. I
1: don't know what that is, but I don't disagree, because why not? Um, but I do wonder how many
0: yeah. more
1: messages we'll get uh, from people saying, why well, I think Greg Berhalter choosing Anthony Robinson. He plays for AC Milan. We'll right. Get this- we'll get some of those. We'll yeah. get some of those.
0: And we'll have to say, no, Theo Hernandez plays for <laughs> yes, AC exactly. that
1: then Oh, but that is the other final thing, is that if Milan miss out on European football, they would probably need to sell some people to be able to avoid financial fair play issues. Mm. Theo Hernandez is one of the top-rated left-backs in the world. So there's also that chance that maybe they'd bring him in, Theo Hernandez would go, and they would say, well, we've got this sort of discount left-back. We'll see what he can do.
0: If you're Anthony Robertson, would you take this move? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I think I would too. Yes, yeah. definitely. Just to live in Milan instead of Wigan. Yeah, that'd be fine. Else. That'd be fine with me. <laughs> All right. Next of news I've got is we talked about Barcelona. Way, that's it for me, so it's all on you now. Okay, I've just got a couple more. Barcelona got rid of Ernesto Valverde mm-hmm. um, midway through one of our shows, maybe yep. as we were saying goodbye. Yep. Um, they have hired Kike Setien. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but they have hired Real Betis coach Kike Setien. The fascinating thing about Kike Setien is... He's not been a very high-profile coach, but he's sort of a devotee of the Barcelona style of play. Hmm. This is a man who... Have you read much about this? Mm -mm. So he's all about possession, right? He professes a love of the way Johan Cruyff had Barcelona playing, of the way Guardiola had Barcelona playing. He has had his teams at lower levels playing that exact way, and now he's being given the Barcelona job. So it's this really... um, odd situation mm-hmm. he even seems surprised that this has happened here is this quote when he was giving quote i've just after he was um appointed this is the absolute pinnacle you will never go higher than this and i have to make the players feel the same way never in my wildest dreams could have i imagined being here
1: <laughs> all right <laughs> so an interesting approach to the media that first one
0: bonus quote mm-hmm. i don't have a cv oh boy all winners medals oh boy all I have are many, many years embracing that philosophy. I love it. I don't know if that was enough to get this sort of opportunity, but, um, but I am absolutely grateful for it.
1: Can I, Here's, here's the, the scenario I picture. He says that to the crowd of Barcelona faithful who are there for his unveiling. There's like crickets, and then he kind of leans into the microphone and quietly says, oh, and I'm, I'm not Ernesto Valverde, <laughs> and then the entire stadium erupts, and everybody's fine with it. So
0: it kind of is that, right? Because if you think of the the two coaches who've recently coached Barcelona, who aren't sort of from the Barcelona system, right? Mm -hmm. So the Barcelona system guys have been Guardiola, um, uh, Villanova, and Luis Enrique, Mm -hmm. right? They all played a Mm tiki-taka style with slight differences. But Tata Martino played it a little different, a little more direct. And Ernesto Valverde played it different and a bit more direct. Yep. And people weren't really happy. You can so, remove the
1: really from that one.
0: <laughs> right? Even though yeah. they're top of the league, people weren't happy, right? So they couldn't get Xavi, who would have been seen as a continuation of that type of coach, right? And they couldn't get Ronald Koeman, who would, even though he hasn't been at Barcelona for a while, would have been seen as a continuation because yep. he played under Cruyff. Absolutely. Um, so instead, this is, this is what I find really fascinating. Instead of finding a guy who was schooled in that system and is part of that sort of posse... They just find a they found a guy who was outside of the posse, but looking in really longingly. Like mm-hmm. it's the guy who had his face and his nose pressed up against the window. Yeah. <laughs> he's been invited in. Uh, he's been invited straight into the kitchen <laughs> to start cooking the food. But if I were him, that would make me apprehensive. I have to say. I mean, he's he's been very humble in his quotes. But what
1: I mean is more so. It feels a little bit. There, there's like a slight feeling of the the Louis season when he's uh, like potentially going to take over for Letterman, and yeah, then yeah. it turns out that they're just using him for leverage. Mm-hmm. Like I do wonder if there's an element of like bring this guy in, he'll just be happy to be here, and then when I Xavi's mean, ready, we'll bring Chavi
0: in. Maybe it is that right? I don't actually don't know the length of the contract. Mm-hmm. I, I said that
1: now they're going to win the treble. I should have researched <laughs> that.
0: I don't know the length of the contract, but he is the yeah. coach right mm-hmm. now. And just to um to give you the credentials of he is the very much back to possession mm-hmm. style coach. The last season, when he coached Real Batiste for a full season, they had the highest average possession duration. Mm-hmm. As in, your team has the ball the longest. of The whole league, more than Barcelona, they had the ball for long, the longest individual stretches. The average was 28.7 seconds. Barcelona's was slightly lower. They had the third shortest goalkeeper pass length, meaning keeper doesn't mm-hmm. kick it long. He always plays it to a defender. And they led the league for the proportion of backwards passes. 10% of passes were backwards passes because possession, possession, possession.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, yep. boy. I, that doesn't... I, good, I guess? I guess Barcelona fans will be happy. This I is, just also remember a, those. This is from a Tom Lawrence stats yeah. bomb story, where he's yeah.
0: essentially finding the statistics mm-hmm. to prove um, that that Kike is all about playing the possession, possession, possession game. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I'm just remembering those moments when Barcelona were up 1-0, and it was like, well... That's the end of that game because they're going to possess the ball for the next 75 minutes.
0: Well, if you remember, in that recent game against Ibiza, Mm -hmm. I believe it was a cup game, um, they had 85% of possession and were down 1-0 to Mm -hmm. Ibiza at one point. They did win 2-1, Antoine Griezmann, in the 94th minute. So um, Kike Setien didn't get off to a disastrous start. But I find this whole story fascinating. Getting the guy who's watched how you've been doing it but hasn't been in the middle of it Mm -hmm. and seeing if he can successfully replicate it or if it's going to be a bunch of backwards passes for Barcelona and suddenly no results.
1: It, it's going to be really interesting because I, I I will spare us going into hypotheticals, but there will be questions about like how does he deal with star power? Because it's probably the case that he's never had anybody quite like Leo Messi. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing just a shot in the dark there. So how do you navigate that one? Do you give him power? Do you try to take away power? Do you try to stamp your authority? Do you yep. try to be your, their buddy? His
0: previous clubs are Lugo, Las
1: Palmas, mm-hmm. and Real Betis. And that's where Ronaldo played, right? It is not. It's not? Mm-hmm. George, George Best, though, right?
0: It is not, although he <laughs> probably would have to the end. <laughs> That's probably true. <laughs> All
1: right,
0: I've got a couple more for you. Um, you U.S. men's national team January camp, quick updates. Mm-hmm. Paxton Pomichal has gone home. He has. He's gone back to Dallas to recover from, I think, some groin surgery he had previously. Probably thought it was healed. Turns out during camp it wasn't Maybe you healed. don't always need surgery. Maybe you don't maybe, always need surgery. Maybe Michael Bradley surgery. has some thoughts. It does mean that, like he was to me, he was the central midfielder yep. I was most excited to see because mm-hmm. the other guys are, okay, um, uh, Brendan Aronson, yes, but it's then it's uh, Christian Rodan. Uh, Sebastian Legette, it's kind of same old, same old. After that, right? Mm-hmm. Christian Cap is maybe.
1: I fell asleep briefly.
0: Yeah, what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Paxton Pomiko was the oh, let's watch him. Right, yep. he, he's not there anymore. But flip side, really interesting is that Ulysses Janae's is still in camp. That do, is very interesting. Do you know why that's interesting? You I know do. why that's interesting? Mm-hmm. It's because he's with Wolfsburg. There was the winter break when camp started. Winter break's over. Winter break's U19s over. are back in action. Wolfsburg senior team is back in action. Ulysses Janae's is still with the US men's national team in January camp. I don't think it's a problem, though. Here's a Berhalter quote uh, from a Paul Kennedy Soccer America article. We're very close with that club. John Brooks is there. Uh, we have a close relationship with them. They were excited for him and for him to have this opportunity with the national team. It's also telling that Berhalter played with Wolfsburg's sporting director, uh, Marcel Schaefer, at 1860 Munich back in the day. I definitely knew that and didn't have to look it up. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. So it may be that like Wolfsburg, some, okay, sometimes like with Joe a team will say... By the way,
1: I would believe that you actually knew that, just so you know. No, I read it in the soccer America article, <laughs> actually.
0: Um, so There's one version of the winter camp, winter break in Germany where you're like, all right, you've done well for the U19s. You're ready for the senior team, Gio Reiner. Come play with us. There's another version where, all right, maybe you're not, but you can go and spend a month with your national team and maybe make your debut. We think that's good for your career. You can come back afterwards, Mm -hmm. right? I can see Wolfsburg. thinking that's not a bad idea.
1: So there will be tweets and comments about like, but it's a shame that Gio Reyna is now starting for Dortmund, whereas Ulysses Yanez is playing for the national team and not playing for Wolfsburg.
0: Someone somewhere is going to say that. Do
1: you feel like that is sort of just people like missing these quotes and not really like realizing that in actuality Wolfsburg are okay with it? Or do you think there is some truth to like, if he had stayed with Wolfsburg, maybe he would be like getting some minutes for them at senior level?
0: No, I think it was probably what they decided was best, right? If Wolfsburg were saying... Are oh, we want him in the senior team starting mid January when we're back from break? Mm-hmm. They probably would have fought for no. Let us keep him. He's going to make his Bundesliga yeah. debut, mm-hmm. and then I'm sure Behotter would have been like, "All right, that that works, right?" Yes. But instead, it's been he's probably not going to be with our first team. He's going to he's already proven it with the U19s. Mm-hmm. Good next step for him is to spend a month with in national team camp. All right. right? Yeah, I dig that. I like There's that. also the great. Did you see the Ives Glassep? Um, Uh, exchange with Greg Berhalter? No. So Ives, uh, you know, we love Ives, right? Um, Ives, in a question...
1: Yeah, he was too busy accusing me of uh, illicit behavior and airport security.
0: (laughs) So Ives mentioned in the preamble to a question Uh that, like, obviously Ulysses Janes is a dual national, Uh and Greg Berhalter interrupted him and went, Is he? (laughs) Like a really (laughs) sarcastic, knowing... Tone. All right, Greg. M- it made me like Greg Bahals a okay. bit more. Okay. Yeah. All right. A little bit of emotion there. A little yeah. bit of emotions. But it's also, I think it's good that Ivers is down there in Florida. Yep. um He's one of the few people that are sort of covering this camp. It looks like day to day to day. Mm-hmm. So, SuckerByIvers.com if you want to go and keep up with what Ivers Galashev is doing.
1: He also, I believe, Ivers lives in New Jersey. Lives like it works in and around New Jersey and New York. So I'm going to assume that Florida right now is slightly more uh, fun. to be Do you be think
0: you just looked at the temperature on his phone? Yeah, like, twenty seven. I better degrees. cover that camp. But I better cover that camp in, de- in 75 detail. Seventy <laughs> five degrees. Yep. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. All right. Final news item from me. <laughs> so you heard it here first. Sucker by Ives. Coverage yeah. is decided by temperature. Obviously. Um, final item from me. Inter. Mm-hmm. Inter have made some weird signings. They really have. They have signed. I'm glad you're talking about this. Ashley Young mm-hmm. from Manchester United for 1.5 million euros on a six month contract. They paid 1.5 million to get him in in January until the end of the season. Mm-hmm. They have an option for another year. Yep. Okay. Then. It's really strange. Antonio Conte is in charge. Yeah, We're going to talk
1: more about Ashley Young though, right? Because I have, I have questions for you.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then uh, they got Victor Moses mm-hmm. on loan from Chelsea. Victor yep. Moses returned from Fenerbahce where his loan wasn't going uh-huh. well and was cut short. Yep. And Antonio Conte, his former boss at Chelsea, has taken him on loan. He's the band back together. <laughs> to Inter. He kind of is. Yep. Here's what I'll say. This looks like it makes no sense. This makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Okay, yeah. all right. So no, I thought you had course, questions, but it makes no. Sense. I
1: have questions about Ashley Young specifically. Okay, no, because no, it makes absolute sense that I would imagine you're going to use Victor Moses as a right wing back uh, slash like attacking winger if you want to, but he'll kind of go where he was with Chelsea. Yep. Ashley Young can do that, uh, and so I wouldn't be surprised if he's used either right or left side. Yep. No, those signings both make sense in terms of Antonio Conte kind of going back to that back three so, slash back five.
0: Yep. So he's playing the three five two. Yep. We talked about this. Was it yep. only yesterday? Yep. We were about if Conte managed the US national team and we yep. went through what an Antonio Conte system looks like it almost always involves wingers playing as wingbacks mm-hmm. and Ashley Young and Victor Moses are kind of the perfect examples of this right he did it for Chelsea when they won the title and Ashley Young has, is a winger who has ended up playing left back a bunch for Man United and wing back for England in the right. 2018 World Cup so Conte actually has four wing backs already You've got Asamoah on the left um, and Kendrava on the right, usually, with uh, Biragi and D'Ambrosio as the backups. Of course. But Asamoah has decades of running up and down yes. touchlines on his knees. Apparently, he's got some cartridge problems, yep. and his knees are in and out. Mm-hmm. Um, and D'Ambrosio... It's, I think it's
1: why Juve let him to go to Milan in the first place. There we
0: go. And D'Ambrosio has had some injuries recently. So basically, he's got four wing-backs. Two of them have had injury problems. Did I the Milan... Excuse me, Inter. Inter, Inter yeah. Oh, boy. Um, so you've got four wingbacks. Two of them have yep. injury problems. You're in a title race. Why not restock with two extra wingbacks mm-hmm. uh, for the rest of the season? You'll never be short of wingbacks again. Never.
1: Never, ever, ever, ever. And I, and I like to believe that even like uh, Antonio Conte when he was at Chelsea was like, I could do things with this Lukaku. And then it didn't come to be. And now he's managed to get him in there. And he really is just kind of yeah. bringing all the people together from Chelsea. And I like it. And go Ocante next? Maybe. Maybe. So here's my Ashley Young question for you. Yeah. Ashley Young was, uh, according to reports, uh, okay staying at Manchester United but wanted a multi-year contract extension they would only give him the one-year option and that was why he said
0: yeah I think so
1: and that's why he turned it down though because he wanted a guarantee of long-term football so to turn that down to then go to Milan for a six-month deal with an option for one more year it doesn't feel like that dissimilar from what Man United were offering so I'm wondering if you have thoughts on why he would make that move now why would he move to Italy now when he's never really been out of the country
0: Maybe that's the reason. He's never really been out of the country. He wanted to go and try something different. And if Man United weren't going to put a juicy contract in front of him, Mm -hmm. maybe he's thinking, let's have a little adventure. Yeah, that could be. And then I
1: think, yeah, if it's only the six-month deal, he can maybe see if it works. And then if it works, he's in greener pastures, and he'll sign that one-year option and keep doing it. And if not, then he'll probably... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jesus. That was so on the nose, it hurt. (laughs) (laughs) Coached by David Moyes, too. Yeah, that feels likely. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's... A thousand percent going to happen. And I feel like that's where we should end it because that's just good work by you, my friend.
0: <laughs> all right. So that's all the uh, news you might have missed from the past couple weeks. I don't know
1: why that's making me laugh so hard aside from it's just totally – You can just picture totally it. Right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. It the it's because way- he
0: also used to wear Claritin blue for Villa, so it's yeah. easy to picture it, also right? That. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so one big bit of news coming up on the Total Soccer Show is – MLS Assist. Yep. MLS Assist is a Major League Soccer show that's going to be in the Total Soccer Show feed, hosted by Joe Lowry, who mm-hmm. you've heard on the show before, and Jordan Angeli, who you've heard on the show before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Joe and Jordan are going to be hosting an MLS spin-off show within the Total Soccer Show feed. Their preview episode will be uh, published next tuesday mm-hmm. so you'll get to hear what the joe and jordan show is all about we should have called it the joe jordan show do you remember joe jordan the big center forward i do not and that would have been a terrible a, idea he was a striker for Leeds.
1: yes joe jordan and every american fan would have totally gotten that it's one. a nice joke everybody There's would three have... people
0: that got it would have loved it yes
1: but every mls fan would have loved a podcast about mls named after a former <laughs> lead striker
0: but mls assist is a good title it's pretty too, good mm-hmm. right here's why it works one it's very um it's very mls yep. right the mls assist mm-hmm. is a sort of Niche MLS thing, but also it's Joe and Jordan giving us an assist with our MLS coverage. Exactly, MLS assist.
1: Mm-hmm. And there I think go. giving giving uh, listeners, fans of the league, an assist in terms of helping them understand what their teams are doing, what yes. coaches are doing tactically, what players are doing. That's to the main succeed in those tactics yeah. and to make it a bit more accessible. It's in to the way benefit teams are playing.
0: listeners, not just to benefit us. Probably yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Probably so that. Joe and Jordan will explain a lot mm-hmm. of MLS tactical things for you on MLS Assist. Thank you for picking me up on that. No problem. <laughs> um, all right. Any other news that you want to uh, you want to squeeze in here before we, before we say goodbye no I think that's funny ok tomorrow's show Friday's show will be our Cooligan's crossover oh episode um, I want to add corrections preemptively yep I'm pretty sure this is the episode so we had a load of listener mm-hmm. questions Didn't, is this one where we had the question about um, who's the best looking team and we talked about eventually it being Arsenal Yeah. and we mentioned Fernando Llorente mm-hmm. and I think I said that Llorente played for Atletico Madrid I was oh, having I severe flashbacks. He plays for Napoli right now. Okay. Fernando Llorente does not play for Atletico Madrid. I'm not
1: sure you offered a solution. I think I just said, where does he play? And nobody was quite capable. I'm pretty sure Alexis said Spurs, by the way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's about a year out of date. <laughs> That makes sense. But I think I said Atletico yep. is actually Napoli, so okay. I'm preemptively correcting myself. And then if we do end up talking about um, Gio Reyna that's on, on that their show. Half. I think that's on
1: their half. But so that yeah. will be
0: on the second part of the crossover episode on the Cooligans mm-hmm. uh, feed. We were sitting down probably just after that Dortmund game yep. where um, Reyna had made his debut we didn't know that he'd come off the bench so we were talking hypothetically about maybe him playing or not
1: I think playing. I actually said he was on the bench but given the depth they had on the bench I doubt he made his debut unless Dortmund were oh. winning handily. So one was my fault one was your fault. Yeah.
0: There we go. Much. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect balance on the oh, top. Oh yeah. Assumption.
1: All on that one because I did not see him getting minutes and then Unless they were winning handily and they were doing the opposite of that. He still got
0: minutes and they won. So it all works out. <laughs> all right. So final reminder, MLS Assist Publishing next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Taylor Rockwell, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Right, we to got you, buddy. Listeners, thank you for listening. And we will talk to you again very soon.